All right, welcome back to another episode of Let's Grow Through It. I am Kristen. And I'm Tessa. And today we're going to talk about... Divorce. Yeah, so we're going to title this episode, So You Want to Get a Divorce? What Now? Basically, we're just going to talk about that. Okay, the day that I found out that my ex-husband had actually cheated on me, I decided that day I'm divorcing this guy. I actually looked him in the eyes and I said, I'm divorcing you. I'm taking half of everything. Here's your girlfriend. You guys work it out. And then I went on my merry little way. The first thing that I did, which Tessa, you actually couldn't do this because you were enduring so much financial abuse that you guys didn't even have a joint bank account. Mm -hmm. But the first thing I did is I went to the bank and I took out half of the money in our checkings account and half of the money in our savings account. So that way I had money to one, get a divorce and two, like take care of myself and my child while we were transitioning through this new, like, where are we doing? Do we have to find a place to live? Like, there's just so many things that you have to go through when you actually decide to leave. But the first thing is if you have access to any shared money, you need to take out your half of that money. That's the first thing I think is really important is get yourself some money because you don't know this person. Basically, the day that you decide that you're leaving filing for divorce, forget everything you know about that person that person doesn't exist anymore and they're likely about to turn into a monster and do all sorts of things that you never imagined they would do to you like turn off your credit card and basically financially ruin you in any way that they can yeah i feel like boris sometimes brings out the worst in people and i remember getting warned by this with my sister kind of in my situation because we didn't have a joint account i worked a lot when I knew I was leaving and there was a little bit of a time period before I had actually moved because we were living out in Colorado and I was moving down here to Florida to move in with you, Kristen. I was just working as much as I could to save up as much as I could live off of for a little bit. Once I got down here, my ex, he obviously had cheated and had kind of mutually decided at that point that we shouldn't be together anymore. So I wasn't really seeing this kind of evil side yet. It was just more of like, we're going to easily get divorced. Right. Mm. We were going to go through a mediator. We were going to be civil and just keep co-parenting as our main focus and um, just keep the kids first. That was kind of our agreement. And I remember my sister being like, you know, do not go through a mediator. Like, Do not go get a lawyer right now. 100%. Especially if there's been any form of financial abuse. If you've been in the dark in any of the financial situations, so with my ex, this man acted like we were poor all the time. He was working all the time, yet somehow money was always like a stressful thing. And you lived in a bus. We you lived in a bus. We had like no bills. no bills. I did not know what kind of money he was bringing in because I just blindly trusted my husband, you know, and he provided for us. And so I just thought oh, I don't really need to worry about it. I would pay for all of the groceries and I would pay for what I could. I knew he made more money than me, but whenever we went through the divorce, I I found out exactly how much more money he made than me. And it was a significant amount. If they can keep you in the dark and if they can go through mediation and not have to disclose that kind of information to you, they will do anything that they can. So my ex, of course, was like, 
let's just get a mediator and do this without lawyers because that only benefits them. That doesn't benefit yeah. you in the long run, especially if there has been any form. If you are, if you don't have a joint account or if you're not on all of the accounts and you don't know all of the money that you guys have brought in together as a married couple, don't go through mediation. Yeah. You need a lawyer and you need to secure some money to get a lawyer and then go hire a lawyer as soon as you possibly can. And I'm so glad I didn't go through the mediation route and that we are now going through lawyers because of how things turned so quickly. As a lot of people know, I am in a new relationship. I'm pregnant. We're living together. I'm very happy. Of course, the time frame was not even something that I was imagining, but ever since me being in a new relationship, things that's when things really took a turn. Right. Well, because there was a time for both of our exes where I think they were both a little Delulu, thinking that... Yeah, we were going to get, get back. back together. Yeah. But they did. They went, they both went through like a, I'm going to get you back. I'm going to be perfect now. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do all these things and I'll be like a great super dad. And I'll show you that like we should still be together. And here's all the changes that I'll make if you take me back and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then the second that they realize that's not actually what's going to happen, then a whole new side comes out. It's so true. Even if you have kids, I, I felt like that was my argument to my sister was that I felt like he loved his kids enough that he wouldn't show that side and that was just not the case. I think when it comes to divorce, especially with money, you just can't trust anything and that's why I just think, yeah, getting a lawyer is first and foremost the most important thing because you need to know what your rights are and you need somebody in your corner fighting for your rights. Yes, you honestly probably have no clue what you're entitled to which by the way is half of everything you are entitled to half of everything everything that you have done while you were married was only possible even if you were a stay-at-home mom not working all the money brought in while you were married was only possible because you decided to stay at home and take care of those kids you are entitled to half of that money yeah yeah in my situation I was owning a business but I had just come out of hair school and when I had gotten pregnant with Marley I got pregnant my first week of hair school and so that was one of the things that my lawyer had said was that you know a judge will see that I had to kind of sacrifice my career for our kids so that he could continue working and climb the ladder a judge will divide accordingly for that even if you're a stay-at-home mom a judge will respect the fact that you you did work right that is a 24 7 yeah 365 days out of a year job where it's so much work and that is the reason why it has been defaulted to you people want to act like stay-at-home moms don't do anything but imagine if you were paying somebody to clean your house imagine if you were paying somebody to take care of your children imagine if you were paying somebody to transport your children back and forth from school like all these things if you had to pay somebody to do that I think it's like a hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year you would be paying somebody to be at your stay-at-home mom yeah so you were financially contributing to your family even if you weren't bringing in money, you were financially contributing to your living situation by being a stay-at-home mom. And you are now not going to be able to be a stay-at-home mom because of however the situation played out. And so you are entitled to that money that was being brought in while you were married. Right. And I think that sometimes we kind of, well, been brainwashed to think that like we're not entitled to that or like, you know, we didn't we didn't work so we shouldn't get any of that money or, and that's just bullcrap. Like it's all bullcrap. You're 
entitled to half of the 401k if they had that while they, while you were married. And in most cases, you're entitled to alimony. At minimum, bridge the gap alimony. I didn't go for alimony. And now when I look back on it, I'm like, I really should have. It's hard because when you get into it, you just want it to be over. And so you're like, I'll just do anything to make this end, except for I would have fought to the death on me having more custody of my child because I was just like, this man has never been a 50-50 parent through our whole marriage. There's no way I'm going to let him be a 50-50 parent now. Like he's just not capable of doing that and I'm not going to let it happen. And I would have fought for that, but my ex understood that and so he didn't fight me for that and that's one thing I'm really grateful for. Tessa on the other hand is probably gonna have to fight for that. Well I am having to fight for that. Florida just made a new law this summer that says when you split and you have kids it's automatic guaranteed 50-50. Right I think it's probably that like automatically 50-50 unless you can prove this person can't do 50-50. Yeah, and we'll see. It's a new law. And the reason why I want to talk about this stuff too, like even the financial part, is because it's not about the money. I think that a lot of women stay because they're afraid of what's on the other side. And I think just knowing your rights as a woman, like we're, we've been so brainwashed, especially if you were a stay-at-home mom or if you sacrificed your career like I did, you're kind of really worried about what that other side is going to look like. And I know I was raised by my mom who was a single mom. She had four of us. I was the youngest of four. And I remember her skipping out on meals so that she could feed us all. And I watched her struggle. And so I feel like that was a big thing for me where I just didn't want to struggle, especially when you are the provider, you know, when you become a single parent, knowing that it's not about the money, you know, at first it was just like, you can have every, that's how I thought. I was like, you, you can have everything. I just want out of this. I just want my kids, you know, same custody agreement. And that's whenever things have kind of taken a turn where he said he was going to fight me for 50-50 and you know have the kids go to school in his school zone which his he lives about 50 minutes away so you know just a lot of a lot of things on there where it's just kind of taken a turn and there's a lot of that mental aspect that it takes on you and I do just feel like having the tools going into a divorce and knowing how to handle it knowing what you're entitled to knowing what to expect is so helpful especially to hear from woman to woman I just feel like you know Kristen you're you're legally divorced you guys are pretty much set in stone and I'm in the middle of the process and it really hasn't even begun yet because we had just moved back to Florida we had to wait six months to even file if you have kids in the state of Florida you have to wait Unless you've been a resident. Yeah. Um, and because we had just moved here, we weren't. That kind of prolonged a lot of it. And now it's just seeming to take a very long time. That part is really hard. And Kristen and I went for a walk on the beach this morning and just kind of talking about the mental toll that it can take on you to remain true to who you are and protect your peace and not let these things get to you whenever it gets ugly. I think that's just kind of been my mindset is that, you know, no matter how bad this gets... I can control how I react and how I allow it to affect me. That's the only thing that I can control right now. Right. And it can get really hard, especially when I remember just stressing so much about how it's all going to like play out if we have to go to court. Basically what happens is you get a lawyer and then you send over, this is what I would like. And then your ex kind of did the same exact thing that mine did too because we send over like, this is what I want. And that your lawyer is always going to go 
higher than what you actually want just because you have to have room to yes yeah, I'm going to agree yeah. yeah you need negotiation room so they always go higher and really what you're sending over is just what you're actually entitled to so then your ex will probably be like oh I don't want to do this why don't we just try to settle so then you send over a settlement and they still don't want to agree to it it's exactly what my ex did that's what your ex just did so then there's that whole period where you're it's just like this thing that's happening and you don't know how it's all going to play out and I remember just like stressing so much about it trying to bring myself back down it's gonna unfold exactly how it should i'm gonna get what i deserve in this and also just reminding myself that the worst case scenario isn't even really that terrible if it's just splitting everything 50 50 it would have sucked to have to do custody 50 50 but i would have found a way to make that work but that's not how it played out but then in the end i stressed myself out so much and then when we got done with mediation i literally ended up getting almost exactly what i sent over in our settlement thing yeah the first one that you had asked for that he denied that's yeah. what you ended up that's what I ended up getting I feel like they know that I feel like they know this is what's gonna happen but sometimes they're just they get in this me me mine mm-hmm. mentality and so like this is my money and this is my 401k yeah. and this is mine 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 and they forget that they just destroyed their kids life basically and that on our end as a, a single mom now it is our job to look at this person and be like okay we can't trust this person to be solid person who's gonna show up for their kids the right way so we have to make sure that we're doing everything that we can and getting what we can to make sure that we can provide that kind of life for our children as potentially the only stable parent that they might have right if these men don't come back around and do it the right way and another thing to add is if you're thinking you know this is my money my 401k then don't get married because yes that is not what it means to be married it is not yours it's ours yep and they can't handle that whenever it gets to divorce time. So I feel like outside of getting divorced and going through kind of the funds and the legal part of it, I think the biggest part for me going through this divorce has just been how to train my mind and have a good mentality going into going through a divorce. I spent so much time, especially in the end of my marriage, the last year and a half, maybe two years, going through what I felt like was a really miserable time and the hardest time in my life and so when I left people that are close to me and that love me they were worried about me and were surprised to see that I was doing so well and I think a lot of that was just that I had tried for a year to make it work and we were in pretty extensive therapy and at the end of the day when we had decided that it just was over I had a lot of peace and a lot of confidence with that decision so I just felt like getting my happiness and my peace was number one priority obviously having that little grace period was kind of nice of like not having to go through the divorce process but now being in it especially now being pregnant and I have this whole other life that I'm just like so happy in you know and it's such a beautiful thing and I remember leaving my marriage and just being like I don't think I could ever love like that again you know like there was for 10 years of my life I thought my ex was the love of my life my soulmate that this was my person and it took years of therapy and also seeing who he really is without pretending to be somebody he wasn't 
after years of that kind of seeing that that wasn't true love that those things were trauma bonds Mm -hmm. those things were a vicious cycle and we were always on a cycle and it became very exhausting I think just for me going through so much for so much of my life my priority is like my mental health like that is and has been for years now especially being a mom now being pregnant I'm going through this divorce and I like I'm a big believer on what you feel your baby is feeling I remember going through my second pregnancy I had found that's when I found out that my husband had cheated on me I was seven months pregnant I just remember the immense amount of sadness that I felt and how guilty I felt for feeling that way because I was pregnant and I felt like my baby didn't deserve that. But there was just so much out of my control. I mean, obviously it's like somebody is ripping your life apart, you know, and it's kind of hard to bypass all those emotions. Whereas now it's like, I don't have to give this person that power anymore. Now I can kind of disconnect from that side of things and just stay in my reality and in my now, which is amazing and beautiful. And I feel so thankful and grateful for it. But that doesn't go without saying that the stresses and like these things can sometimes like I'll have nightmares. Like I will have absolute nightmares of my ex ruining my life. And it can be so frustrating because you can't control the narrative in your dream. Um, And just like so many times of like waking up feeling so defeated and like in fight or flight. Like you've just been working out all night and you wake up anxious Mm -hmm. and kind of out of your control. I definitely, and I know you experienced that too going through your divorce. I experienced it sometimes it still happened to me last night I had a dream that I was back in that time two years ago and my ex was cheating on me and I was like figuring it out and I was feeling all that rage and anger and I woke up this morning just so tired I had been in fight or flight all night long while I was sleeping because I was like back in time I think what's important is like reminding yourself I'm not in a relationship with that person anymore Mm -hmm. so what they do doesn't have power over me unless I give it power over me through my divorce like reminding myself of that yeah what he does in his personal life doesn't personally affect me unless I let it and it's hard because one you've spent many many years however long you were in your relationship probably many years you know like just letting everything this person does have an effect over your life Mm -hmm. and so like cutting that tie that you have with that person is a learning process and it's an intense one through divorce you know but that was always my thing like reminding myself mentally like okay oh he's dating his mistress or they moved in together that stuff can be really triggering but at the end of the day if I could just be like okay but it doesn't matter because I'm not in a relationship with that person anymore and Thank the good Lord that I'm not. That's not my person anymore. I don't want it anymore. What's my focus now? My focus is me, my mental health, and showing up in the best way possible for my child. Bringing yourself back to that and grounding yourself in that. Whatever this chaos this person is causing over here, as long as it's not physically harming our children, there's nothing that we can really do about it right now. And all the mental trauma that it is going to be causing for them as they get older is like stuff that we will work through when they get older and like try not to stress yourself out about that because I I do that too like I'm just like oh my gosh this is the same trauma that I went through but just knowing like okay we'll work through it all at a much younger age and a much healthier way so that way our children aren't also recreating trauma again like how we did and and just always trying to bring yourself back to that grounded so you're not living in the past and you're not living in the trauma and you're not like letting them control your narrative anymore and you're the one in control of that yeah and I will say that's easier said than 
and done. And yeah. it's also harder too when you have kids with this person that you have to parent with. I think that's right now a huge struggle of mine is, you know, in your mind, you know, your your kids are going with their father and that's the right thing to do. They should have that relationship with their dad. For me and obviously you most of the time, it's a four day stretch without seeing my two babies who are five and almost two and that maternal instinct and, and I think especially being pregnant it's been like so heightened mm-hmm. like I mean I cry pretty much every time or get very depressed one of the days normally the first day or the second day um and I have to like really talk myself out of it but what's so hard is that I'm I'm parenting with somebody that I feel like I don't know and mm-hmm. I don't trust and we're not in a good place right now and I'm hopeful that down the line we'll be able to see our way out of it. I I am going to still hold on to that hope that things will get better and that things are just going to be really hard for now. Holding on to that mentality that as long as I can just control how I react and control what I let affect me, that's the best place that I could be in for everybody. Not letting my mind run rampant or the times that I want to just send a rage to and speaking of that on the topic of divorce and going through divorce you have to remind yourself that every single text message that you send to your ex can and will be used against you if you end up going to court like if you can't settle in mediation with your lawyers being so mindful when you're wanting to send those you know like yeah what you're feeling at that moment about that person and just not doing that if there's any way for you to not do it like put the phone down walk away and just be like this is not gonna help my case yep and I remember you had to you had to stop me a couple of times you would be like hold on think about what you're gonna say like hold on you'd be like let me let me see what you're gonna say and I would just be like no like I I can't take this you know just having this emotional response and that is a another huge thing I've had this happen several times now since I have just switched that mentality to how I react to things and not giving him that power is just simply to not have an emotional response even if I am feeling emotional about what is going on and I don't like it and I don't like what he's doing or saying to respond back in a very business-like response instead of an emotional response has helped me like Mm -hmm. forget it being used against me in court it's helped me stay grounded and not feel bad right because it's part of that what you're going through right now is the detaching you're finally getting to that place i think where you're just like whatever i don't care i'm the villain in your story somehow who really cares right and there was a lot of that i felt like in the beginning of our separation I was very close with his family and there were many conversations that I had had with his family that were like you know I didn't want this to affect our relationship and I still wanted us to all be close and to be able to do things together and obviously things have taken a turn and there's been a lot of tension between me and his family and at first I felt this like need to tell my side of the story mm-hmm. and defend myself and my Prove truth your point. yeah prove my point and until I just got so exhausted because the thing always it's always circled back around to I felt like everybody was telling me to be the bigger person but nobody was holding him accountable for the things that he was doing I felt just to this point where the only person that was even affected at all by me doing that was me and it was a negative effect on me 
to feel like I constantly needed to stay my side of the story, prove myself. And I just got to this point where I was like, okay, I need to cut things off with mm-hmm. like all communication with this family. And also let those people live in whatever narrative they choose to. If I'm the bad guy, I'm the bad guy to you. It, I don't care anymore. I am protecting my peace. I know who I am. And it it's not important to me anymore to try to convince people to see otherwise. Exactly. And just reminding yourself, that family, unfortunately, that's not your family anymore. That's your ex's family. They're on his side, even if he's in the wrong. I had to really quick uh, block my ex's family on everything. And yeah, and you they were, were literally my ex-father-in-law. <laughs> cry <laughs> was like my best friend yeah he was and like one week later i just had him blocked on everything and it's just like that's not my family anymore yeah and it sucks and it's hard trying to prove yourself to those people or defend yourself or or get them on your side it's just not even worth it let it go like detach from it it's just part of the divorce process there's losses yeah. there are what feels like huge losses i know you were very close even I was close with your ex's father. I yeah, mean, we were, yeah. yeah, we were very close in having to cut those ties. And I know for you, especially that, that was really hard to kind of see how that all kind of played out. But I think that is the reality of separating from someone and why it's so hard. You know, you have the gains of you get out of it and you're finding your peace and, and who you are and you're creating a new life and it's, a safe place for you but that doesn't go without saying that there isn't major loss there and that it's really hard and a challenge through the divorce process you're going to go through the stages of grief it's a death it's a death of your old life it's Mm -hmm. a death of the family that you created and all the extensions of that family that you created and the dynamics in your life are going to change and you're really going to see who your people are when you go through a divorce. Your people are going to show up for you, find out who your real friends are, you find out who so true. who your family is, you find out who's in your corner when you go through a divorce. That's the upside of things like that. You know, for me it felt like I was so close with his family, more than I was close with my family. Yeah. We yep. did everything pretty much with his family. And I think seeing that they will, at the end of the day, be my ex's family. And that is okay. On the bright side of it, my family, my brothers, my sisters, my mom, I mean, even my dad have stepped up so much and just being there for me. Obviously, I have you. I have this family with Ben and Cece, the dogs, and just this beautiful life here that I live that I feel like I might have lost that family, but I inherited so much more. And not only just in people, but people who have my best interest. Yeah, same thing happened for me. When you're going through a divorce, you're going to lose a lot of people that you thought you would never lose. But in that loss, you're going to find out those just really weren't your people. And then your real people are going to pull through for you in all sorts of ways. Yeah, it's so interesting because I look back on just that time. And we were talking about this this morning. We're coming up on the almost the one-year anniversary. In like two and a half weeks, it'll be my one-year anniversary since I left. Obviously, we had separated before then. But before I had officially moved. Uh, for those of you that don't know the story, I was living out in Denver Colorado and didn't have any support out there. I did have a job, but you know, no childcare and really unsure how I was going to make it as a single mom out there with, with no help. And 
that's when Kristen was just like, you know, come live here with me. And I was just like, no. I almost thought it was a joke at first, you know? <laughs> and I was like, maybe I'll just come kind of like clear my head. And I remember just having this thought of like, I never wanted to move back to Florida. You were living with people that I didn't know personally. I mean, I knew of very well because you were close with them. And for some reason, it was like after that, I was just like, maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. I had this like really huge piece beyond all understanding, mm-hmm. even though like it sounds crazy. I was just like, okay, I think I'm going to do it. I'm going to move back. And we talked about, you know, we would have each other. And we have little girls that are the same age that are best friends and we could live together. And, you know, these people that you're living with are so great and that you knew I would really love them and that they would really love me. You were like, this could be like an amazing thing, you know, and we could have this like great life. And I was just like, okay, maybe that's what I need. I need community, you Mm -hmm. know, like I've been out here for two years with like no community. Right. And at the same time too, when you're going through like being cheated on, that that's such an isolating experience because you're the person who is cheating on you, isolate you so that they can get away Mm -hmm. with it. And then when you're trying to save a marriage with infidelity in it you feel like you can't talk to people about it because you don't want everyone to know about what your partner did so that they don't view your relationship and them in a different way and so it's just such a lonely time you lose all of your community kind of through that experience people are always like how are you how are you guys doing so well and it's just because we were doing so unwell for so long and trying to keep it all together and then finally just being like free from all of that and then in this new support system yeah, I think having each other was was huge for yeah. both of us. And I remember feeling so triggered by people, you know, at work or strangers being like, hi, how are you? And me being like, oh, I'm good. And being so angry that people asked me how I was doing. Because inside, I was doing awful. I w- my whole life was falling apart. And nobody needed to hear that. Nobody needed to carry that burden it wasn't just like I was gonna be like oh I'm awful my husband just cheated on me and my whole life is literally being ripped apart and I felt so isolated in that and I felt like I didn't know where to go and I didn't know what was waiting for me on the other side and that was such a scary part about being divorced and I remember even like first getting here Ben and Cece weren't here yet and they so easily welcomed me and my two babies that they didn't even know into their home and I will never get over that because we look back at it now and we're like that's so crazy that we did that but now it's like I can't imagine anything different in that time you know I remember getting here and it was just kind of like before I left, it was like that hustle of just like working, staying busy, packing. You know, I had a six bedroom, three story home to pack and working full time, owning my own salon, having a newborn basically and a three year old in school. You know, like it was a crazy, crazy time. And then it was like I got here and all was still and I had this new life and I had no idea what was waiting for me. <laughs> It was so (laughs) overwhelming. And like, I literally was just like, are you sure that they know that I'm like living here? Like, I'm not going back. And Kristen was just like, they know. And they're totally cool with it. And I was just like, okay. And I wish that I could go back. And I wish that I could tell myself in that time that everything was going to be okay. Because I remember that first night. Oh my God, I was so overwhelmed. I was just like, what have I done? You know, I felt so helpless. I felt like an orphan. I felt so uncomfortable. And I think having that mindset that 
everything is going to work out for me and it already is and everything that I want wants me more and just having that mindset of doing the right thing being being the person that I wanted to be staying true to who I was got me through so much and it led me to having this amazing relationship with all these people and I met my boyfriend and we have this beautiful life together and we have this amazing set of women that just support each other and love each other Mm -hmm. and it's like family and it's just like to think like I almost stayed I almost stayed because I didn't know what was waiting for me on the other side and I didn't want to go through the losses and the hard times but that's like why I want to stress it's so important to know that like yes there will be losses but there will be so much more to gain in the process what you just said really made me think of something trying to tap in with your future self when you're in that moment and just even just reminding yourself like what you just said like I wish I could go back in time so just like reminding yourself in those moments like one day there's a future version of me who's gonna think back on this and be like I wish you wouldn't be worrying right now because it's all gonna work out for you everything's gonna be great we're gonna we're gonna get through this and it's gonna be awesome so just try not to make yourself sick about it that's the thing I'm gonna start doing actually to myself like when I like start freaking myself out about things or trying trying too hard to think like should I do this should I not do this just being like don't worry about it. It's all going to play out exactly how it should and unfold in your favor. And you're going to look back on this one day and be like, why were you so worried? I wish I didn't stress. Yeah. 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 It's so true. I think that's all that we can do. And I think that's that's the sweet spot of going through a divorce and going through so much emotional turmoil is to just like let the process go and just let it happen how it's supposed to happen but keep your mind at bay keep your mental health top priority do whatever you have to do yeah do those things do those healthy things that we've talked about on so many other episodes born to yourself do your inner work work on healing those those wounds and those traumas that led you to allow yourself to be in a relationship where you were mistreated and like work on healing that so you don't ever do that to yourself again and Do things that make you feel happiness and peace and fill you up with love. Love is always my focus. Like trying to learn how to love myself, love my life, love whatever moment I'm in. Showing up with love and Mm -hmm. life. Being the light, you know? The light the world needs. The light you need. The light your kid needs. Keeping that mentality and focusing on being a healthier person than what you have been in, in the past. When you're doing those things, that's when you know. I'm doing the things that I know are going to lead me to a better place. And so that's why you can keep that. If you find yourself not doing those things and binging and like not being healthy and doing all the things that aren't good for your mental health, check in with yourself and just be like, I don't think that these are the right things that I should be doing, you know? And I need to take baby steps so that way it can stick with you to get you on the path where everything is then going to be working out for you. Yeah, I think in key to on just on that note is just doing all those things not for anybody else but for yourself, you know, being the light for yourself, not not for that other person that you're leaving behind, but for yourself, for your babies, and knowing that it's going to benefit you now and in the long run. Self-care is not selfish. And we've there's like a kind of thought process where if you're putting yourself first, that's a selfish thing to do. But it's really not. You have to love yourself enough to do the things that you need to keep yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy. So that way you are pouring from a full cup yeah 
because I think what happens so much as mothers is like we never put ourselves first and that's why things fall apart is because we're always pouring from like an empty cup and yeah. you can't do that. You have to put yourself first so that way you can show up as the best version of yourself for the people who need you in their life and you need you as the best version of yourself too. Yeah, they say that most of what happens to you isn't what happens to you it's your reaction mm-hmm. to it you know it's like having that full cup that mental clarity that mental stability, yeah, and, stability like, and just feeling strong about things like I just really think that is the sweet spot in life of just how to go and have a good life and not let things destroy you when they could you know and yeah. I just think that's been both of our focus even when things get hard it's not to say that we don't have times where we cry and we get upset or we get down down there's obviously that but coming back to that place yeah like you can get yourself back to stable inner peace pretty quickly now definitely and I feel it too you know when I'm not I'm mindful of what I'm feeling I'm mindful of how my body is reacting if I'm clenching my jaw and my shoulders are tense you know it's like that's the first thing that I want to do is like loosen up get into my body be mindful and present and then deal with the emotions from that place yes I feel like that's a little bit easier for me to do rather than what I feel like I've done so much in the past is just react in an emotional way. I'm really trying to master that right now. Mm -hmm. And divorce is a really good life lesson. You're going to learn a lot of life lessons going through this process and you can learn good life lessons or you can learn really bad life lessons through this process. And so it's just, it's all about how you want to go into it. Focusing on the beautiful part of it and like, is divorce always comfortable? No, it's mostly uncomfortable, but you're getting out of something that was really uncomfortable and really unhealthy for you and you're you have this opportunity now to create a beautiful new life and leave all of this in your past and this is the first step of that ending that chapter officially legally completely and then being able to move into the next phase wholly and do better this time i have this opportunity now to just do better yeah with everything in life for myself and for my child and that is the biggest blessing of divorce yeah i feel like that is a a huge thing to be reminded of is that it's not over when you when you get divorced your life is not over i know and it feels like that yeah or like you failed yes it's just not true it's just not true and here's another thing there's a really good chance that you picked your partner that you are divorcing before your brain was fully developed because we both did and it's just like that should be illegal honestly (laughs) should there should be an age limit there should be like you cannot marry this person until your brain is fully developed and you are sure that this is what you want to do with your life but just that reminding myself of that always allows me to give me a little bit more grace it's like okay I chose to spend my life with this human before I really knew what I was doing with it's so true life but give yourself some grace there yeah and to wrap this up let's say something that we're grateful for okay I'm gonna go first anyways because I was just literally taking a picture because Ben and Cece they have this dog I swear we have this emotional connection where he is like my emotional service dog he literally anytime he feels me in distress or anxious or whatever he will react in some way he'll come to me come love on me sometimes he'll cry he just literally did it earlier he started crying when I was talking about some of the stressful divorce stuff I'm going through since we've been doing this podcast he has been laying on me the whole time I even got up and went to the bathroom and he didn't even move he stayed and I got back and we've been separated for 
for a month because obviously <laughs> Ben and Cece were out of town and they took him, you know, and I just feel the love from him right now and I'm just so thankful. Like this is another inheritance that I got. Yeah. Was just like this dog and just this connection that we have and he's just so sweet and beautiful. He's a good boy. And so I'm just thankful for my little Coda man. He's being super sweet. Okay, what am I gonna be grateful for? Um <laughs> Something that my therapist told me is that sometimes when you come up on those anniversaries of certain times of the year, you'll start like feeling not right and you won't even really understand why and then you'll be like, oh, this coincides with when I was leaving my ex-husband or when he was cheating on me. So these last few weeks have been like, there's been a lot of just mentally and emotionally I've been like feeling not like my normal self. What I'm grateful for is the fact that like I know that information now so when i start feeling this way i look at it now not like oh no something's wrong with me and like yeah i'm falling apart and my life isn't great and all these things instead i look at it like oh this is past trauma coming up for me and stuff that i can work on healing how can i move through this in a healthy way i'm just so grateful for that mentality yeah so much of my life now i'm i'm grateful for so many things but really just having that mentality and it's like you said the peace beyond all understanding which is literally what's on my letter board over there that is my motto and just like having that mentality and yeah. life is just something that i'm so freaking grateful for and what i hope that our podcast is helping you get there or you are there and this is just more learning how to stay there and so yeah that's what I i'm grateful that. for and of course we're always grateful for you guys and we are doing better now this is we're gonna have two podcasts in a row i'm really proud of us I'm really grateful for that, too. Yeah, we're killing it. We're, we're killing it. On that note, we will see you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Next week.